What is up everyone, Avial Easter here with Yappa238.com and welcome to the Yapostolic Podcast, the podcast where we talk about being young, being apostolic, taking that power and putting it into action. What is up, <laughs> you guys? I don't even feel worthy to be saying, like, talking like how I normally do on the podcast because I haven't done a podcast in so long. I've been so infrequent and it's just, eh, I don't like it at all. And, but I'm here today. Like, and that's the good thing, right? Smiles, smiles. <laughs> and I'm happy to be behind the mic. I've been behind the camera a lot. You guys, we've been pushing and pressing in the name of Jesus. With the Yapasoc TOTDs, the Yapasoc YouTube channel, and Yappa 238 IG, and everything that we're doing with the Yappa Lives, Yappa Wear, Yappa Solic Podcast, even though I haven't been doing them like that. Just everything that we've been doing with Yappa 238. I'm excited about it. I am amped about it. I am stoked, and I'm glad to be doing a podcast again. And it was funny because when I was getting my stuff together for the podcast, I was thinking, like, you know what? I am going to tell the Yappa fam that I am committing to giving them a podcast every single week like I said I would at the end of almost every TOTD. Subscribe to Yappa 238 and get the weekly Yappa Sog podcast. And it hasn't really been. <laughs> and so, uh, but we're here. And I feel bad. That's kind of why I'm harping on it. But I feel bad about it. Feel bad for not giving you guys a podcast like I promised. But you're listening to it right now. And I'm excited about that because today's subject is going to be... Did my voice just crack on that? Today's subject. Today's subject. Today's subject is something that is relevant to young apostolics. It could be summarized, I guess you would say, or summated, whatever the terminology is, into a TOTD, but I did not want to do that because I wanted to give thought. I wanted to give a lot into this uh, subject that we're going to be covering today. So it's not a TOTD, it's a podcast. So I am happy about that and I'm excited about it. And yeah, so Yappa fam, here on Yappa 238, you guys know that we keep it very, very plain, very real, very transparent here on the Yappa Sog podcast especially, and also on Yappa 238, black and white, right and wrong, we do our best to live by the word of God because that's what's going to be taking us to heaven. Sometimes it's sweet, sometimes we're you know talking about blessing, prosperity, cultivating talents, etc., etc., and other times we're talking about, hey, you got to get your life right. You got to get the mice out of your life. You got to, you know, check yourself and all those different things that we talk about on the Apostolic Podcast and on Yappa 238. So keeping in that vein, what we're going to be talking about today in today's podcast is something that is very relevant to us as young apostolics. And I do believe this podcast is going to be helpful to where we're at in our lives, honestly, guys, because there's a lot of different things that are going on during this season of our lives between the ages of 11 to 24, especially certain pockets of that, you know, 18, 17, 19, 20, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to be relevant. But before we get into that, if you guys love the message of Yappa 238, if you appreciate the work of Yappa 238 and what Yappa 238 represents, and if you want to become a supporter in the big endeavor for Yappa 238 to reach apostolic young people across the globe, go ahead and show your support by heading over to yappa238.com forward slash yappaware and picking up some 100% yappastolic apparel <laughs> coming from yours truly. That'll help support the endeavor of Yappa 238 immensely. And yeah, you get some very Yappa-esque merch. So go ahead and head over to yappa238.com forward slash Yappa, where the link will be in the description, depending on where you're listening to this at. And yeah, support Yappa 238. Yeah, baby, in Jesus' name. <laughs> so guys, I haven't really been doing the bestest of jobs. If bestest is a word, I guess your bestest friend. Anyway, I haven't been doing my best to give you guys a story of the week. Like I said, Way back when, when we first started the podcast, I said, you guys, we're going to have the story of the week and I'm going to tell you guys something funny or something embarrassing or something this or something that that's happened in my life or that is happening in my life, a story of the week. So 
I haven't been doing my best to keep that up as well (laughs) with the podcast. Man, I feel bad about it, so bad about it, but I will give you guys today a story of the week. So guys, I think I live a pretty boring life. I mean, not boring to me, but at least to anybody looking in, I'm sitting at a computer all day, um, editing a website, I'm learning graphic design, I'm learning all these different things, and it's not really too intriguing, and so like, I don't know what to post this story, I don't know what to post here, I don't know what to post there, and so it just gets kind of like, bleh. Sometimes, at least that's how I feel. But I do have a story for you guys this week. It's kind of like a TOTD in a podcast. It's not necessarily funny. It's not necessarily embarrassing, though we may get into that in the future. Maybe I'll call on my teenage experiences to um, <laughs> to give you guys something funny. But oh, man. Ooh, good Lord. But anyway, to give you guys something funny on that note, but in this vein and where I'm at in my life this week, I want to give you guys something that is just on me. And yeah, I just can't escape it. So Yappa fam, I'll keep this brief. The Holy Ghost is doing so much in my life. And I am completely and utterly just amazed at it. You know, um, there's been a lot that's been happening that I'm appreciative of, that I'm grateful for. A lot of learning on my end. A lot of the Holy Ghost is teaching me and, and just showing me so much about life, opening my understanding, broadening my vision, um, a, ugh, just a whole lot of stuff that I can't even begin to describe to you guys. Um, yeah, I, I just can't. But anyway, there's something that he did give me during this time that I thought was incredibly amazing and humbling to have the opportunity to engage. And what that was for me was the grace of God. To access, to be accessing the grace of God is um, is simply amazing. And, I, and I'll share with you guys what I'm really talking about. What I mean by the grace of God is that I've learned this, especially this week, that you could be mm, in a straight. Maybe you're not praying like you ought to. Maybe you're not praying like you want to. You know, you want to pray for three hours. You want to pray for four hours, five hours, six hours. You want to just like pray all day. But you can't because you got work to do. You have a work for the kingdom to do. You can't pray all day. You can't fast all day. You can't fast all month. You can't fast all year. You can't do that. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, the year thing is impossible. But you can't, you, like there's certain things you just can't do when uh, when you're you're doing the work of God. You know, you just can't fulfill, you know, fill your life up with that. And you can't have the mentality and the mindset that in order to get things from God, I have to do X, Y, and Z. It doesn't work that way. It's not that I stack up hours of prayer and then, okay, now I can see a miracle. Or I stack up days of fasting and then, oh, okay, now I can receive the blessing, the financial blessing that the Holy Ghost called me to, the whatever blessing that you're, you're desiring for. Though you do pray and though you do fast, your trust cannot be in what you can do. Your trust can't be there. Your trust has to be in the God that you serve, providing, not, okay, if I pray, if I do this, if I do that, if I humble myself, if I do this, and I, yes, all that works. All of that is is powerful. But with the wrong mentality, you could then begin to rely on yourself more than you rely on God to perform that which you're praying, that which you're fasting, and that which you're doing all that about. You're relying on your prayers, your fasting, how good you are. It's not by our righteousness. It's by his grace. His grace, that's what the word says, is by the grace of God that all these things are, that we're even living for God, that we're even in the church, that we're even, that I have, I have an opportunity to stand behind this microphone right now and speak to you guys. It's only by the grace of God. And the only thing, the only thing that I, I have, uh, how would you say, power over, like, I guess, complete power over because God doesn't mess with it is my will. I don't own my body. That's owned by God. It's a temple of the Lord. I don't own my thoughts. The, the devil shoots thoughts into my mind that aren't mine. You know, I, so I don't own all the thoughts that I have. I, d- there's nothing on earth. You don't own anything. Nothing is yours. It all belongs to God. 
your life, your breath, your heartbeat, the blood coursing through your veins, your lungs, your capillaries, all that stuff belongs to God. And so we own nothing except maybe the decision maker that we have because God doesn't touch that. He doesn't infringe on that. And so by the grace of God, this is what I'm talking about. Like this week has been like the grace, the grace, the grace, the grace of God to understand that I don't own anything. Everything is surrendered to God and I must be reliant on God and trusting God to receive everything that he desires me to receive. And so kind of a little, maybe not a story, kind of just a message of the week. <laughs> I promise I'll get uh, good at giving guys stories. Uh, maybe just fill, file through the stuff in my past to, to share with you guys that is funny. Um, like the time that, uh, ooh, I can't say that over the microphone. <laughs> there may be 14-year-old boys listening. <laughs> well, they probably do this stuff already. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, pyrotechnics is awesome when you're 16 or 15. Actually, I think I was 14. But anyway, so um, yeah, and I'm glad the kitchen did not burn down that time. But anyway, so we'll get into that stuff later on in the podcast as I continue to stay committed to it, like the TOTDs, ah, committed to TOTDs, committed to podcasts, committed to making Yappa better, and yeah, giving what giving you guys, the Yappa fam, what the Holy Ghost has given me. So, message of the week, God's grace. It's all by His grace that we have everything. It's not by what we can pray, what we can fast, what we, our righteousness at all. Zero, zero, zero. It's all by the grace and mercy of God that we can access what we access through prayer, through fasting. So we do pray. We do fast. We do pray hours. We do fast days. But we don't put our trust in that. We put our trust. We don't put our trust in the mode of accessing the master. We put our trust in the master. Boom. Quote right there. Someone tweet that. <laughs> Okay, so let's dig into what we got for the day. <laughs> Today's podcast is going to be bomb, y'all. I am excited about that. Now, it may be a little cutting. It may be a little piercing. And I'll just be transparent and honest like I like I always am. At least I do my best to be. And uh, yeah, so we're going to jump into today's podcast, guys. We're going to be talking about the three things that are in the world. Well, one of the three things that are in the world as 1 John 2.16, I believe it is, says, that all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Now, we talked about lust of the flesh before here on Yappa 2.38, and we've talked about the lust of the eye. But what about the pride of life? What does the Bible mean by that? What is pride? What is the opposite of pride? If the opposite of pride is humility, then how do we access humility if it gets us closer to God. And if pride pushes us away from God, how do we kill our pride and feed humility? So we're going to be talking about that today in today's podcast. So let's jump into the young segment of the Yapasog podcast. So what does pride look like to us as young apostolics, okay, we can see pride in their 40s, we can see pride in our 60s, 70s, 80s, 100s even, but what does it look like to us young apostolics, us teenagers, and us young adults? Well, I am glad you asked, because almost every single individual ever, I'm sure every spiritual person has seen people who are proud, Okay, and some people may justify people who are proud, and some people who are proud just don't even see that they're proud. And that's a terrible place to be because you got to get rid of your pride in order to, to secure humility and get right with God. But we've all known people that we can say, wow, she or he is proud. But what does that look like? Well, honestly, <laughs> social media tells you a whole lot. And you guys know on Facebook, on Instagram, Snapchat, wherever your your main deal is, you guys know that you guys seen people that have a proud aura to them, a, a proud air to them. And it looks like, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. It looks like belittling people in front of others to make yourself feel better or just belittling people in general or just not liking people or being jealous of people or being envious of people. All that stems from pride. Why? 
It's like because we all have these insecurities inside of us. Everybody's insecure about something. We all have this, like our natural man kind of knows that we're not who we are to be because of the fall of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were perfect. God made perfection in the garden. He gave them a free will. They used it. They fell with it. And now everyone that comes from Adam and Eve are below perfection. Thus, we have these insecurities. Well, I don't like this about me. I don't like that about me. But we can try to fix up every single little thing about ourselves, but we won't fix the main problem, which is that gap between who we are and being perfect. And that's where the grace of God comes in. That's where God comes in. And ultimately, when we do die, when we rapture out of here, if the Lord so chooses our generation, if we're raptured out of here, we will have, we'll leave our mortal bodies and we'll take on heavenly bodies, right? That, that are perfect. And so we'll be with Jesus. We'll be perfect all the time. But right now here on earth, we don't have that. And so because of that, we all have these insecurities. Now, some people, instead of addressing their insecurities, instead of dealing with their insecurities, instead of, you know, submitting them, praying about them, you know, fixing or doing whatever they can to suppress that, I guess you say, the cry of the insecurity, instead of like, you know, getting a nose job or, or you know, like bleach blonding their hair, Bleach blonding? Yeah, bleach blonding their hair, whatever, dyeing their hair. Instead of doing all that stuff to, you know, build muscle and try to get all the ladies and stuff like that, like, instead of doing all that, the people who are successful managing their insecurities simply have to do that. Manage them. They, I mean, you can't, you can't ignore them. You can't get away from them. You just have to manage your insecurities. And those that don't, you know, some of them could kind of fall into like a more of a depressive state while others... In, in order to cover up their insecurities, they can begin to try to belittle people. They can, you know, try to get with the who's who's. They can try to, you know, nip this, tuck that, you know, people, you know, that are older, <laughs> try to nip this, tuck that, do all this stuff to their bodies, work out, get fit, show it off in order to attract attention and in order to attract, you know, this stuff to, and that ultimately begins to build and then you have this thing called pride and it strokes and it stokes your pride. And so the guy with the aviators, the bad boy who's riding the motorcycle with the leather jacket steps off the scene, goes into Starbucks and struts his stuff because he's insecure. Because he needs that third party validation. He needs someone on the outside to tell him how good he is. That's an insecurity. Now, the thing is, is that it's like the insecurity is topped with pride. So the insecurity is the underlying tone of the deal, but the pride is what everybody sees. Oh, that dude's proud. What I mean, what's up with him? I mean, he thinks he's so this. He thinks he's so good looking. He thinks he's all this and all that. Or the girl on Instagram, you know, she has to take a picture with the camera angled like, you know, directly over her head, you know, trying to show off her body so that she can get attention from other guys. And or... I mean, wearing a super tight dress or wearing a super tight skirt, you know, to show off her figure to try to hopefully attract guys. And there's other things, you know, buying the, the latest and greatest, trying to hang out with a certain clique or certain people group because you think they're cool. And like my dad says, if you're cool, you're a fool. You know, <laughs> like all these little this pocket of fools over there that are trying to be somebody. They're trying to establish a name. They're trying to establish a, a kingdom, a little mini kingdom inside the church. They're trying to do their own little deal, right? Festered and just like it. Oh, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, uh, intoxicated, um, uh, infected. There we go. Infected and infested with pride, because of who they think they are. Oh, yes, I'm the great. Oh, yes, I am so-and-so. Oh, yes, I have this many followers. And oh, yes, I could do this and I could do that. Bro, sister, ladies, brothers, fellas, everyone, listen to this podcast. That's pride. And that's what pride looks like to us as young apostolics. So, Yappa fam, as we continue in today's topic of pride and humility, I want you guys to have a very clear understanding about pride, what it is, what it isn't is not humility, definitely. <laughs> but so we're going to define pride and we're going to define humility. So I went online, Webster'sDictionary.com or Webster's.com, whatever it is. And I want to give you guys the definition of pride. The definition of pride is the quality or state of being proud, such as inordinate self-esteem. Okay, well, what does inordinate mean? Inordinate means 
unusually or disproportionately large. Excessive. So if we rewind and we define pride again, pride is the quality or state of being proud, such as unusually or disproportionately large self-esteem. So you think too much of yourself. You think too highly of yourself. And when you do that, you are expressing pride. Now, what is the definition of humility? Just so we know as we're talking in today's podcast. Now, humility is a very simple word. It is very simply defined as freedom from pride or arrogance, the quality or state of being humble. So pride is this big O, unusually large self-esteem. You think too highly of yourself. While humility is just the lack of Oh, God have mercy. That is powerful, you guys. I just came to something that is pretty powerful. Okay, so here's the thing. Pride is unusually, disproportionately large self-esteem. You could esteem yourself as spiritual and in a spiritual light and still have unusually large self-esteem, still have pride. (laughs) Spiritual esteem, whatever you want to call it, pride. And so there's this thing called false humility. Have you guys ever heard that terminology, false humility? That person's like, oh, no, I don't want to do that on fasting today. Oh, no, I don't laugh at those jokes because I'm too good for that, because I pray too much. That falseness, that unhuman, that just bleh-ness. But if you look at the definition of these terminologies, you'll see that pride can be found in every, almost every area of our existence. You can have a unusually large self-esteem of yourself in every facet of life, whether it's your physique, whether it's your work, whether it's your career, whether it's your family, whether it's your, and marriage, whether whatever it is, you can have this big, huge like self-esteem, like, oh, look at how good this is, and it brings glory to you. And that's ultimately what pride does. It's a channel to give glory to you. Okay, so you could be worshiping other gods. You can be giving glory to other things. But once you turn that thing inward to yourself, it begins to fester and all this junk just comes up and it's just pride, right? Now, humility is a lack of pride. So a humble person is going to lack an unusually large self-esteem about themselves. They're going to lack that. That's not going to be a part of who they are. Now, they're not going to belittle themselves unnecessarily because that's just not right. You know, if you're humble, you don't need to, oh, you know, bah, 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 bah. I'm not good. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not that. In the name of being humble, that's not what you do. If someone pays you a compliment, don't let that get, you know, get your self-esteem unusually large. Don't let that pride arise inside of you. And... You just be humble about it. So those are the definitions of pride and humility. And I think that's very key to us as young apostolics because I do believe that there are young people who strive to do the greatest things that they could possibly do for the kingdom of God. And they don't want to be proud. They want to do it. They want to accomplish it. They want to go for it. They want to make it happen. And they don't want to be proud. And so, you know, one thing that I do is I give all glory to God. Because instead of, you know, trying to manage a compliment like, oh, brother, you know, great things are coming from Yapa 238. God bless you. Instead of like, oh, thank you so very much. And taking that to me. No, 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 no. Wait, let's just, you know, make it right. God's the one who does it. God's the one who is empowering me. The Bible says by him, all things consist. So the power that I have within my physical body is given from God. So I can't take any credit for what I'm doing. So all glory to God. I mean, I can take credit by willing to make things happen. But at the end of the day, I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. Literally, the only thing I got is my will. That's it. Like my brain doesn't, nothing belongs to me. It all belongs to God. And so I shun those things that can possibly cause that, you know, unordinate self-esteem. You know, I shun those things. I push those things and I keep those things away from me to the best of my ability. No, no, no. I don't want this. This glory goes to Jesus. And so that is healthy. I believe that's healthy. I believe that's what we ought to do. But 
We also, young people out there that do not want to be proud because I've caught myself in this situation for, I think, a year and a half and it completely hindered me. It was so limiting. It completely, it not destroyed me, but it did destroy my progression almost instantly. It was crazy. So it's called false humility. And what I mean by this false humility is not necessarily... Oh, how do you say it? It's not necessarily just taking pride to yourself and calling it something else. No, it's actually where you begin to hurt yourself in the name of being humble. And so I want to share this story with you guys to hopefully help every young apostolic that's out there that is doing their best to be humble. But it's there's yeah, you guys just need to know this so you guys don't end up in this trap again a year and a half, almost 16 months and it, and it still hindered me up until this point. I'm still, I'm 20, I'll be 21 next month. What I did back then, I think I was about 16, 17. What I did back then has actually was so devastating that even now I am hindered by it. And it's going to take effort on my end to push past that. So um, yeah, take this story, listen to me, please. Yappa fam, please. And uh, I hope this empowers you. So, Yappa fam, imagine 16-year-old Abel Easter. He's young, he's, you know, just having fun, he's praying, he's experiencing all these great things from God, he's doing all this stuff, and then he goes over to his grandmother's house. And while he's there, a longtime friend of the family, someone who actually was born, I think, well, how many, eight days before me, he comes over as a great friend of mine, And he sits at a piano and he begins to play this little jazz tune. Now, 16-year-old Abel Easter, he did not ever think of himself as a musician. Uh, He wanted to sing a little bit, but as a musician, no, he never touched the instrument. I mean, (laughs) when he was 12, he thought a bass guitar was an electric guitar. And so there's just, he's not musically inclined, but he sees his buddy Longtime friend sitting down at the piano, fumbling around with the jazz progression. And all of a sudden, Avial, little Avial, like, is blown away that you can play a piano other than classically. And it never really dawned on him that that was possible. He never even dawned on him that there was music or that there was a piano playing in the church. <laughs> 16 year old Avial just worshiped God. <laughs> He didn't pay attention to that stuff. And so he was like blown away. What in the world? You could play other than classical music on a piano? A little friend of Abel's is like, yeah, man, you know, my mom's forcing me to be in jazz and this, this, and that. I hate it. And little Abel's like, dude, what buttons did you press to make that noise? Yeah, told you not musically inclined. Well, fast forward. Hmm, man, I think it was like a month. Hmm. 60 days, fast forward 60 days, and little Avial has taught himself how to play a four chord progression, one, five, six, four. And he was like killing it. He was slaying the song, awesome, my God is awesome. He was murdering the game, right? He just, boom, like, ah, getting it. And it wasn't but a few months later that Avial's youth music director came up to him and said, Hey, Avial, buddy, buddy, (laughs) you should come play for youth because you play piano and we need a pianist, so you should come play. So what does little Avial do? He says, Okay, let me go talk to Jesus about it. Let me go talk to my parents about it. And we're going to make this thing uh, happen, right? So a little Avial is playing piano for youth. And little Avial is in love with jazz. And so little Avial would begin to play jazz chords, jazz progressions, and it sounded magnifico. But little Avial did not want to get proud and be lifted up because of what he knows about warring with music. Music is a way for people to worship. Music is a way to war. Music actually drives out spirits, as we see in the story of David casting out and driving out that evil spirit from Saul by his music. And so Abel didn't want to get lost in that, didn't want to get lost on the negative side of that. So what did he do? 
Oh no, I don't play good. I'm not good at all. I'm no bueno. No. That's what Aviel does. And so, Aviel begins to engage in an unhealthy form of quote-unquote humility. Lack of pride unhealthily. And little Aviel begins to do that for years. About a year and a half until it dawns on little Aviel that you are a phenomenal musician, but you can't play in front of people because you told yourself that you just cannot. You're not good. You're not good in front of people. You're not, you're not a good pianist. Because every time he was in front of people and someone would compliment him on his playing, he would say, no, I'm not a good pianist. I'm not good at all. There are others that are better than me. And that's what Aviel would say. So now little Aviel turns 19, turns 20, begins to look back at that season and sees the detriment of his actions. By procuring unto him false humility or an unhealthy form of humility, he has now created a hindrance and a roadblock to his musical capabilities and abilities. He creates this roadblock because he told himself for too long that he was not good at piano. So now what does Aviel do? Aviel plays real well only by himself. And you guys, I don't know if you guys know this, but I was a little Aviel. <laughs> And I'll be completely transparent and tell you guys that that form of quote-unquote humility is completely unhealthy. And right now what I need to do is just get behind the keys and play, play, play and not care what other people think. Not care what other people think. I have to dispel that out of my thought patterns and processes because years ago I told myself that I'm not good. I'm not good in front of people. You know, I'm not I'm not a good pianist and I am a good pianist. That's not a, a over it was an unusually large self-esteem booster. It's not that I promise it's not that I know I'm good. That's what it is. And I'm not going to use that destroying that utterly oblit that just bad that bad stuff that completely annihilated my chances at progressing rapidly with piano. Because in my head, I said I couldn't. I'm not going to let that hinder me. So I'm going to acknowledge what I have to acknowledge and not get all, oh, I'm super good because I'm not the best. No one could be the best. In anything, no one can be the best. Well, I guess in some things, maybe like the Olympics or something like that. But in, in it's just you can't you can't be the best at music. And so because of that. You got to sometimes reckon with some things. You got to grab hold of some things and saying, I'm not being proud. I'm acknowledging who I am in God. I am acknowledging the skill set that I have and I am taking authority over that and bringing it to myself and owning that I have invested into myself and I refuse to let pride arise inside of me and I refuse to let anything negative come from this because now listen to this yappa fam i'm not saying this is i'm not saying this is the opportunity isn't there i haven't been asked to play here and to play there that's not the case but let's just say that that was you that was someone that you loved they can tell themselves no i'm not good no i'm not good no i'm not good and the holy ghost wants to take them touring around the churches or go to uh, churches in in other countries to help with their music department but because you're so stuck or they're so stuck that i'm not good i'm not good i'm not good you are then hindering the will of god from being performed in your life because of your stinking thinking and that's the truth, because you don't think that you can do it, you are then hindering the will of God in your life. So that is the danger of quote-unquote false humility, trying to belittle yourself so that others don't think that you're becoming proud. 
Get what other people think outside of your head. Just remove it. Get away. It's bleh. It's junk. Filter it out. Blah, 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 blah. I don't care what other people think. I don't care what other people think. I am going to do this. I'm going to take responsibility and ownership over the skill set that I have, over the things that the Holy Ghost has given me, and I am going to fulfill the will of God in my life without any hindrance from this craziness of quote-unquote false humility. <sighs> so now, with the young segment of the podcast, we talked about what pride looks like. I'm sure you guys all have seen people who were proud, people who wanted the clicks, people who wanted to be cool, people who belittled you to lift themselves up, all that stuff that comes with pride. And we also talked about the negatives of false humility, you know, belittling yourself to make yourself, you know, not proud and ultimately hurting yourself and hurting your opportunities, hurting your chances. And ultimately, and this is the the greatest thing, hindering the will of God from being performed in your life. So we talked about that in the young segment of this podcast. Now let's look at the apostolic segment of the podcast where pride originated and why our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ absolutely hates it and the benefits of a humble and contrite spirit. And then we're going to look at the PIA, how to take all that and put it into action. Bust out the scriptures, baby, because here we coming. <clears throat> Yappa fam, if you would please turn in your Bibles to... <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it's not like that. It's a podcast. It's not a sermon. <laughs> so anyway, Yappa fam, no, seriously. If we look at Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel chapter 28, we're going to find some interesting things. Now, this is the very first instance of pride ever mentioned in the universe. In all of eternity, in all of existence, the very first instance of pride. And we're going to see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Him as God Almighty, the everlasting Spirit that is conquered and in control of the entirety of everything, His response to pride. And it's quite immediate, His response. And uh, I'm thankful for His mercy because... Honestly, every single one of us, we get proud in some areas and we got to submit that flesh. But if it wasn't, if it was a deal where if we get proud all of a sudden, bah, we're dead in, in hell, you know, that, that just would be bad. So I'm thankful for his mercy, but apparently that's not what happens here in Ezekiel chapter 28. The Bible reads a word from the Lord to Ezekiel saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation unto the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now, here's the thing, Yapafam. Before we continue, I want to outline something for you here today. The Bible says in Ezekiel 28, when God begins to speak, in verse 12, he says to take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. And in verse 2, he references the prince of Tyrus. So what many spiritual people, spiritual individuals who see the demonstration of the miraculous of God in their ministries, what I've heard them say is that the prince of Tyrus was the man and the king of Tyrus was the spirit that was behind the man. And they'll use these scriptures to support the truth that spirits, actual demonic powers can be at work behind and through an individual. And so the word of God says the prince of Tyrus. And then Ezekiel begins to talk about the higher power against the higher power that was working through the prince of Tyrus, the king of Tyrus. And so we're going to read verse 12 again and we're going to go on because we now have that in context. So, son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, thus saith the Lord God, thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Verse 13, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Now, 
I do not recall any man ever recorded in the universe to have all that stuff created inside of him when God created him. Okay, this is not talking about a physical being. This is talking about a spirit being. Okay, and so what does the Bible say in verse 14? Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Again, solidifying that this is not a human being. It's talking about an angel, a cherub. And that this cherub was the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so. He set him so. Thou wast upon the holy mount of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created. Till iniquity was found in thee. What type of iniquity was this angel found with? Now, as Ezekiel continues, he says, By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mount of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. The reason Lucifer was kicked out of heaven was because he lifted himself up because of his beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold me. In Revelation, we see that that thing is fulfilled, that there's going to be the kings of the earth that walk past Lucifer and say, is this the one that caused all this trouble here on earth? You can go find that out for yourself in Revelation. Now, the Bible does not give the name in Ezekiel 28 of this cherub, the anointed cherub that covereth, but it is paralleled in Isaiah when Isaiah says in Isaiah 14 verse 11, speaking to the king of Babylon, again, this is Isaiah, thy pomp is brought down to the grave and the noise of thy vials. The worm is spread under thee and the worms cover thee. Now, here we go into back then what had happened with Lucifer. Isaiah begins to prophesy. How art thou fallen from heaven? Remember that cherub in Ezekiel 28, how that cherub was fallen from heaven? How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? Why? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So what does Ezekiel and what does Isaiah show us? That way back then, beyond earth, beyond the creation of mankind, beyond all of that, in some realm of uh, eternity or time, whatever, I don't even know what it is, but way back then when it was God and angels, there was an anointed cherub whose job was to cover. He was anointed cherub that covereth. This cherub, being beautiful, being beautiful, being beautiful, he was he exalted himself and said i will be like unto god not that he was going to be above god but he just wanted to be like and boom but nonetheless we do see lucifer as an angel who had a job in heaven falling and he fell with one-third of the angels and it all stemmed from a five-letter word p-r-i-d-e pride John 1.1 1, 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That means that black leather bound book that we read out of the Bible is the Word of God and is the expression of who God is to us. And so every jot, every tittle, every stroke of a pen that is in the Bible from men of old is profitable for doctrine and is an expression of of who God is. So with that being said, let's take a trip through the Bible and pull up scriptures 
about pride and the repercussions thereof, or the results of being proud. Proverbs 16.18, the word says, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. You escape a fall when you abandon pride. Very simple. There is utter destruction that is waiting for anyone who is proud. <laughs> Ding! A little smile there. Okay, James 4, 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Now here's the way I heard it put to me. I'm not a football player by any means. I If you give me anything with the ball, I'm just going to throw it. And that's like all I can do. I can't even catch. Anyway, so with that, I remember my dad saying, he's like, hey, Avril, how can you be close to God when God's resisting you because of your pride? He wasn't saying it directly towards me. He was just saying, like, in general, if God is stiff-arming you like a football stiff-arm, boom. If he's stiff-arming you, how can you be close to God when he's stiff-arming you because of your pride? That's what the word says. God resisteth the proud. So if God is resisting you and giving grace to those who are humble, how can you be close to God if you're proud. That's why we cannot be proud, Yappa fam. We cannot be proud individuals because if we are, we then go onto the side of being resisted by God and not given grace by God. And if that's not the word of God, then, then James 4, 6 is not right. But that's what the word says. God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. So if you're humble, you get God's grace. If you're proud, you get God's resistance. That's why we don't want pride. That's why we don't want anything like that. Now, it's pretty sharp, pretty hard, pretty oof. But hey, it's the truth. It's the word of God. Now, Psalm 17, 6. Therefore, pride compasseth them about as a chain. When you are proud, you cannot do what the Holy Ghost wants you to do. Why? Because you're proud. You are you think too much of yourself. And that compasses about you like a chain and wraps around you. Imagine a mummy just chained up, just can't move because of their pride. You cannot operate in the kingdom of God as the Holy Ghost wants you to operate. You won't be limited. You won't be, or excuse me, you won't be unlimited as God wants you to be because of pride. Proverbs 11.2, when pride cometh, then cometh shame, but to the lowly is wisdom. When you are proud, you will ultimately be shamed. Now, here's the thing. I'd rather be shamed in the natural, shamed while I'm living, than shamed in eternity and shamed when I'm dead. Because if you're shamed then, you're going to hell. If you're shamed now, you can fall upon the rock and be broken and not have the rock fall upon you and be ground into powder. So, get rid of pride now. Get rid of pride in the natural. You don't want to come to shame. Nebuchadnezzar, he was shamed. When he was lifted up in pride, God smote him. When he began to take glory into himself, God smote him. He brought him down to like a beast. He had his hair grow out like eagle's feathers and his fingers like talons. He was chewing the cud, which is like the stuff in the cow's mouth, the grass that cows chew on. He was chewing all that. He was acting like a madman for seven years. Why? Because of pride. God smote him. And could it be? That the higher you get up in the kingdom of God, closer to God, in the like the whole you know sphere of the church, the whole like all that stuff, that socialness stuff of the church, the higher you get up, the greater the repercussions of pride. Just a thought, just a thought. Proverbs 13:10. Only by pride cometh contention. Boom! If there is a contention between you and your brother, you're either proud or he's either proud. If there's a contention between you and your sister, she's either proud or you're either proud. No matter what, the Bible says that only by pride. Now, if the word of God says only by pride cometh whatever, cometh something, then I don't care what you try to pin on it and say, oh, it's because of this, oh, it's because of that. No, the root issue is pride. Someone's not humbling themselves. Someone's not apologizing. Someone's not doing whatever they're supposed to do. And they're not living according to the word of God. And because of that, there's strife. 
There's contention that builds between two people, between a couple, between a man and a woman, all these different things. Why? Because of pride, because of ego, because of arrogance. Now, that's why we want to steer away from pride. As we can see in the Word of God, just by those few scriptures, there is a mucho lot of reasons not to want pride. Now, what about humility, which is a lack of pride as Webster's defined it? What about humility? Why do we want to be humble? Let's take a look at that. Proverbs 22.4, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Now, here's the thing. Because of people's mentality, some people think riches are bad. Some people think, oh, money's horrible. Ah, which that's not what the Bible teaches. But let's just say that you cancel that out and you become humble. You still have honor and life. You still will be honored and you still will have life because of what? Humility. And let's just say you have an unlimited mind in that regard and God's calling you to you know, be a financial conduit to the church. Well, then guess what? Humility is going to get you riches. Why? Because you can sit down and shut up and listen. Was that pretty strong? Listen to someone tell you what to do, obey them, and get the result that they got. Mentors, pastors, teachers, etc., etc. James 4.10 says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. If you're trying to do anything for the kingdom of God, if you want a name in the apostolic movement, like you just want to be known, humble yourself and God will lift you up. Well, no, you need pride to get through this and you need pride to stand behind. I want to go speak here. I want to preach there. I want to go say this. I want to say that. Ah, da, 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 da. Right? No, humble yourself. Do what the Holy Ghost is telling you to do. Do what your pastor is telling you to do. Do what your daddy's telling you what to do. Do what your man of God is telling you what to do. Do what God is telling you what to do. Humble yourself and obey them and watch God lift you up. Trust in, not in man. Don't trust in, in how you can finagle your way to go here and go there and do this and do that. No, no, no. Trust in the word of God that says, if I humble myself, God's going to lift me up. So I want God to lift me up because if God lifts me up, God's not going anywhere. But if I build my own little deal out of wood, hay, and stubble, all that stuff can burn up, go away, and I'll be, boom, back to the ground. And like the Bible says, a haughty spirit before a fall. So let God lift you up. And no one's going to take God down. James 4, 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. We kind of covered this already, but let's just focus on that humbling part, guys. That's the benefit of humility, just like we already talked about. You don't get stiff-armed by God. You get, you get grace. Grace. So when you sin, guess what? Grace. When you do get a little proud for a little bit, but you submit yourself back into humility, guess what? Boom, grace. Yes, God God will cover that. God will say, okay, yes, you did X, Y, Z. You just were proud for like a, a quick minute and something like that, and you humbled yourself. Oh, I got a story to tell you. Remind me to tell you a story. We can't really remind me. I'll remember to tell you a story. I'll give you grace because of your humbling. Now, here's a story I want to tell you guys. I was in a group, maybe five, six, seven young men. And we're all talking about God. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're talking about operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Now here, I'll just be completely transparent. I shared this with them. I had to because the Holy Ghost told me to. <laughs> you guys, this was an experience. So I'm standing there. We're talking. Since I was 14, I was praying, God, I want to be using prophetic. God, I want to be using prophetic. God, I want to be used dynamically, but in the Spirit. I want to help people. I want to do it. And so because of that, by the mercies of God, the great grace of Jesus Christ, he has allowed me to be used in that dimension. And I was talking about it, and I was saying, da -da -da -da, we're, we're going back and forth, and, and it kind of came upon me, and I was like, yeah, you know, when I operate, all chest stuck out, oomph, when I operate, or when the Holy Ghost moves upon me to do X, Y, Z, I am instantly, boom, out of heaven, boom, I got smitten in my spirit. And the Holy Ghost told me, he said, you're, you said that out of pride. You need to apologize to these men. Oh, I was kind of paused in my statement. I was still at the I part. And then I was like, and I just had to finish it. I was like, I, everybody's looking at me. I'm like, 
I, you know, when I, I do this and I do that, I do that. And I was just, ooh, it hit me. And I'm just sitting there, standing there like, and I just shut down. I was like, mm. I'm thinking I could either obey God or disobey God. I could either obey him or disobey him. So I'm sitting there like, I got to apologize <laughs> and all in front of all these seven fellas. Like, Wah. so anyway, they're about to go. And I didn't want to, that opportunity to leave, you know, because the Holy Ghost said, give me a word. And that, that smitten pain, the pain of being smitten in my spirit was still there. And so I said, I said, guys, 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 I said, before you leave, I just have to apologize. I said, there was a point when we're talking in the conversation, I said, and I quoted what I said, I operate this way. And, and the Lord, you know, he, he smote me. And uh, he said, you know, I said out of pride and he told me to apologize. I want to apologize to you guys for, for saying that. And I said that. And like, I think like six of them were like, oh, bro, no, I, I didn't catch that, man. I'm, you know, you know, thank you for apologizing. One person, he caught it. And he was like, man, you know, I, I thank you for apologizing. And so that experience was just absolutely incredible. But it did teach me a really good lesson about, <laughs> about you know, getting a little, you know, out of line. And um, the Bible says he correcteth who he loveth, you know. And, I, you know, I'm thankful that God loves me enough to correct me. But not only that, but he gave me grace after that. I repented in a clear conscience, a clear heart, you know, and there there was that you know, lifting of that iniquity from me, you know, that transgression. I did transgress against the word of God. I was lifted up in pride, but God gave me grace and I appreciate that. And so that's a little story. I hope you guys take that and know that that is a truth. And this is a funny experience, man. I love Jesus. And lastly, Proverbs 15, 13, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. He needs that humility from you. He needs to trust you. He needs to know that he can trust you with the notoriety, the honor that will come from men, you know, the popularity, the all that. He needs to know that you're going to be humble and to humble yourself before that honor. So now, Yappa fam, we have looked at pride. We have looked at humility. We have seen why we don't want pride in this apostolic segment of the podcast, why we don't want it, because God's not with it. He will resist you. He will smite you down from heaven if you're Lucifer. He will smite you down because of your pride. God does not do pride at all. Zero tolerance for pride, except when dealing with us. He'll give us grace and mercy. And so we need to humble ourselves. We need to get rid of the pride, get rid of the unusually inordinate just unusually large idea of ourselves that we're bigger than what we really are. We got to get rid of all that and leave it alone. Leave that pride alone. And when we do that, when we expel pride out of our lives, we are then humble. Again, like we talked about in the young segment of the podcast, we don't belittle ourselves. We don't bash ourselves. We don't kill ourselves and say, no, no, whatever that was <laughs> we nobody says that like but anyway we don't do that to ourselves what we do is we just kick pride out and be humble because humility is the absence of pride now we talked about all that all that's been covered but how do we actually put this into action the pia how are we going to act with it and act upon it we're going to talk about that in the pia so now, Yappa fam, wrapping the Yappa Solid podcast up, we're going to talk about how to actually humble yourself. How do we go about humbling ourselves before God to access the power of humility? First things first, pride comes from Adam likeness, Adamic. And so what we do is when we wrestle with this, when we wrestle with pride, we got to know that it is something that comes from our flesh. Our spirit does not boast in pride. Okay. Who we are chooses which one lives. And I know you guys are like, Avil, you talk about this all the time. Submit in your flesh because it's so necessary for us as young apostolics. If we're going to get, you know, victory over pride, we got to submit our flesh and build our spirit. 
if we submit our flesh, if we have a right understanding of, and that's a, that's a critical thing to have is proper understanding. But if we submit ourselves, we're going to talk about that here soon. But if we submit our flesh to God, to his word, to prayer, to fasting, then we will shun those things that are of the world. Lust the flesh, lust the eye, and the pride of life, right? We're going to shun all that. We're going to move all that. We're going to get away from it. And so we're going to submit our flesh. That's the first thing. If there's any kind of remnants of pride or any type of hint of pride inside of you, that's something that you got to dispel. The same way that you dispel lustful thoughts, the same way that you dispel, you know, uh, an angry spirit, an angry, you know, attitude, a bad attitude, the way you just, you know, oh, I got to get rid of it. Come on, in Jesus name, you begin to pray, you begin to fast, you begin to do what you got to do in order to get rid of those, those thoughts, that, that season in your life. You got to just ah, get all that stuff out. The same way you approach that is the same way you're going to want to approach pride. You don't want pride to have victory over you. You want to be proud less, <laughs> humble. And so that's the first thing is you know and understand that you got to submit it. You got to submit that pride, submit that flesh. No, I will not. And you got to keep doing that. Every time that pride arises, where's Jesus? Where's the prayer room? Where's the prayer? Flesh, if you keep acting like that, we're going to go on a fast. Uh-huh. Yeah, you heard me. Okay. Just just know that. I'm going to go pray now. You're going to submit yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's how you got you got to treat yourself that way. You got to do that so that you're victorious. Now, another thing that I mentioned was the understanding. You've got to understand some things about the word of God. Couple that with your spirit, man, so you can keep your head straight. And what are those things that we have to understand? We got to understand that all our power comes from God. I'm not talking about, yes, I'm going to go do something. That power that I have to go do it, that comes from God. Yes, that does. I'm not, I'm not talking about that, though. I'm talking about the power of existence. The power of you actually existing, you breathing right now, you listening, you're, uh, you're the deals, what I don't know, those little hairs that register sound waves in your ear, the podcast that you're listening to, all this happens because of the power of God. And so when we really think that 100% of all power comes from God, just think of that 100% of all power comes from God. Okay. Because God is the one who created all things. So then nothing can be if God does not allow it to be. Okay, the the microphone that I'm speaking into, it cannot exist if there is no God, right? If God doesn't empower it to exist, you know, the the jungles of Africa cannot exist. A lion that's eating the zebra right now, possibly, probably, it cannot exist. The zebra, the dead zebra cannot exist if there was no God behind it, right? Just like that, just like we know that, just like we're thinking that, we've got to know and understand that I will not be in existence, if there was not a God who allowed me to be in existence, who willed me to be in existence, who created me to be existing. So even if I was brain dead, a vegetable, God is still empowering me to be alive. We've got to know that and we've got to understand that first. Then from there, our consciousness is given to us, is allowed by God. What we think how, what our heart is, what, what the desires of our hearts, the things that we desire to do, our skill sets, all that stuff that's inside of us, that is given and allowed by God, not by you, not by Abel Easter, not by my mama, not by my daddy, not by Adam and Eve, not by anyone, not the, no one. No one allowed that inside of you. No one allowed that inside of me except the God that we serve, the Jesus that we proclaim to be God, that we know to be God of the universe. He's the one who allows it. Now, another understanding, building on top of that, we got to know that everything that comes out of us is to glorify God and to magnify his person here on earth and in our lives. We are to be a channel to give glory to God. And so whatever we do in the positive, because, you know, we're not glorifying God when we're doing negative things, but in the positive, if we're doing TOTDs, if we're doing apostolic podcasts, if we're whatever we're doing, writing a book, uh, teaching seminars, preaching at youth, you know, whatever we're doing, it all is, is for God. God gets all glory out of it. Not me, not you, not whoever's teaching, not whoever's preaching. It all, all glory goes to God. Why? Because that's what we're supposed to be. I'm just doing what the Holy Ghost called me to do. That's it. That is that small and everything else is God given. 
God expressed, God orientated. It's not that I could do it. It's not that you could do it. You have no power to do anything that you've ever done in your life except if it was given by God. I have no power to do anything that I've ever done in my life except it was given by God. And so understanding that, it's like a three-part little deal. The God who empowers the universe, the God who empowers me to exist, and the God who gives me the grace to do what I'm doing so that I can give glory to him, he should receive all glory, not me, not you, not anybody, not any, I'm not, everybody in there, all 7 billion of us, apostolics and non-apostolics alike, none of us deserve anything that we've received from God. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. If it was by our power, we wouldn't have needed Calvary to, to happen. But it's not by our power. It's by the power of the Lord. And so because of that, we have no power to do anything here on earth except this given by God and except he wills it for our life. And so he is the one who deserves all glory. Right? And that's the truth. And so having your mind fixed on that. Hey, no, 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 no. I don't get any glory. I'm just doing what the Holy Ghost called me to do. That's it. Zero. Zero glory belongs to me. All glory belongs to God. It's his kingdom that's being built. It's his purpose that's forwarded, et cetera, et cetera. It's not me. So I appreciate the compliment, but it's not me. You know, that's the way you got to approach things. That's the way you got to view things because it is not you. It is not me. It's God who gets all glory. And with that, with that understanding, Yappa fam, if you couple that, with empowering your spirit to live and denying your flesh and the fleshly appetite for power and the fleshly appetite for pride and glory and honor and all that stuff. If you do it God's way, it'll happen. And God's way says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. So humble yourself. Keep a humble heart. Get rid of pride. Don't beat yourself down and and not be who you are in God. Don't do that. But get pride out of your life. And that is the definition of humility, at least the English definition of humility, is the lack of pride. So kick pride to the curb, kick your flesh to the curb, send your flesh on a fast if you have to, pray, do whatever you got to do. Empower your flesh with the understanding in your natural mind that it all comes from God and that he's the one who's going to get all glory. Now, Yapa fam, I cannot promise you. That is going to keep you throughout your entire life because I've not lived my entire life yet to tell you that it can and that it will. But from what we find in scripture and from what we know to be true, giving all glory to God and not accepting any glory except the one that he gives us, except the honor that he bestows upon us, except for the, the praise and the accolades that he bestows upon us, not man, but God holding that and trusting in that, moving and operating in that. That is a surefire way, I truly believe, to securing a humble heart and being uplifted by God in his timing to do what you have been called to do. Yapa fam, I love you. You guys will be a humble generation in Jesus' name, I pray, doing the greatest things that the Apostolic Movement has ever seen in the world and in existence and in eternity. Nothing that has ever been done before will be done and expressed by the church of the last closing seconds before the coming of the Lord. I believe it's going to be us. And I really hope it's us. Because this world is nuts. Lunatic and crazy. And so I want God to come back. But I know that you as young apostolics. Are going to be the ones that change this world. And it's upon our shoulders to do so. Praying people through. Pushing and pressing. Submitting our flesh. Humbling ourselves. Cultivating humility. Resisting pride. So that we're not resisted by God. Yapa fam that will be you. You will be empowered to do so. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak it, I proclaim it, and I believe it for every single one of you. I love you, Apophane. Be apostolic. Above all, be apostolic. And I'll catch you guys in the next podcast.